Okay, we're live, Studio Kitchen, Colorado, on a Friday. It's a freaky Friday, and you're, gonna, you're in store for a good one today. Okay, we've got special programming for you today. Little Rich Snyder in the studio on a Friday. That means something big's going to happen, Rich. The old man came down on a Friday during the day. The old man's going to spread some wisdom today. There's a Pro Start Master Class. First of all, take 30 seconds and talk about this class. Well, we're, we're doing a Zoom call, a conference, with all the... Uh, Colorado Pro Start students and teachers and what a phenomenal program it is. I have drank the Kool-Aid. It's an amazing program. So as we count down to less than one minute to joining this master class, and this is a part of their curriculum, and this really comes into the springtime, speaking to the students, our industry needs to hear this. That's why we are simulcasting this today from Studio Kitchen Colorado. It's a special treat. Sit back, relax. Little Rich Snyder is going to take the reins. Everybody in the class is in for a treat, and you are too. We're streaming this today on The Modern Eater, yep. and you can see that. Also, the CRA, Colorado Restaurant Association Facebook page. Welcome, everybody. 20 seconds. Are you nervous, Rich? Yeah, I don't like talking about myself. And talking about yourself is very <laughs> difficult to do. But with just a few more minutes left, you're going to do great, Rich. I wish you good luck. I'm going to go watch. You have fun. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. And here it goes. Five, four, three, two, one. Little Rich. Bam. Good afternoon. I'm Courtney Bailey, the Grant and Scholarship Manager at the Colorado Restaurant Foundation and currently the point person here for all things Colorado Pro Start. I'm joined today by our guest speaker, Rich Schneider, who I'll introduce in just a moment. But first, we'd like to thank you for joining our virtual masterclass. This masterclass is the fifth in a series that we're holding over the next month. We all know that COVID-19 has made this an incredibly challenging year. Many of you have probably spent most of the year learning remotely and unable to access as much hands-on learning as you normally have. We applaud you for your resilience throughout this crisis. Masterclasses are meant to connect you with hospitality industry professionals so that you can explore different career paths and learn relevant skills from top experts. In normal years, we would have tried to facilitate these connections in person because we can't do that this year. We've created Colorado Pro Starts virtual masterclass series so that you can take a peek into different culinary and hospitality worlds and meet some of the stars in the industry. With that, please allow me to introduce Rich Schneider, Rockalita's Tortilla Savant. Tortilla Savant. <laughs> he has been highly involved in the restaurant industry for decades. He's done it all. After inspecting the fields of Kansas and experimenting with 150 different grains and flowers, Rich ultimately developed some of the most innovative and nutritious tortillas and chips in the world. Now his family business serves as the backbone of Colorado's famous Mexican food scene. Rich is going to talk about everything he's learned and share insight into all the exciting turns your career in the restaurant industry can take. If you have any questions or comments for Rich, please use the Q&A function in our Zoom window. We'll be recording this masterclass and we'll send it out to teachers within 24 hours so students can view it on demand. Without further ado, I turn it over to our 2021 Pro Start Mentor of the Year, Rich. Wow, Bailey, thank you so much. Oh my God, that's a lot to live up to. I want to ask everyone to have plenty of caffeine. Uh, so we can keep, you know, stay awake. This is hard for me. I'm going to tell you, uh, my, myself, 
our business rock elitas, we do have a heck of a story. But I still have a hard time talking about myself. So, so please bear with me. There's a lot to unpack here. But I tell you, uh, you will be, I'm, I'm going to say, you will be better prepared for this or any industry at the end of this. So I'm going to just kind of backtrack on, on, on me personally, my journey. is uh, I grew up here in Denver, went to Green Mountain High School, uh, got into real estate of all things. I was like, oh, I'm going to make that, make that money. I got into it and hated it. Uh, real fast, between the egos, the cynicism. I remember going in at 8 o'clock in the morning and people were shaking and, and, and just so, I, I, it's so irritable. And at that moment, maybe a lot of you guys at, at your young age, you're trying to figure out what path do I go down. Well, at that moment, I'm like, I saw instantly what path I didn't want to go down. So I'm always encouraging students, uh, my own daughter, go down, these, this, these are the years to go down different paths. Find out what you like, what you don't like. And so uh, that, I, I just got out of that real fast. My overall strategy when I started, I started at Rock Elite as kind of a plan B. I had to regroup. I wasn't sure after real estate, I'm like, what do I want to do? I got into the food business. And, and the food business back then was so much smaller. Um, Mexican restaurants, for example, oh my gosh, it was just uh, you know, it, it, was, it was very, very small. But I was very lucky. I had a lot of people that influenced me. Um, very helpful, very generous with their time. And I'm hoping that someday, a long time from now, some of you come up to me, and hopefully I'm that for you. So I do have an open invitation for any of you. Um, our plants on 31st and Larimer, Rockalitas Tortillas. If you've got a question, if you want to come down, if you want to talk, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I hope I can save you some of the, the, the pains that I went through. But, you know, my, my, my business father, Sal, uh, Sal De La Torre, is who influenced me above and beyond the most. Uh, my brother, Raul, we're so close. He's taught me so much. He's enabled me to do a lot of stuff. Uh, different chefs, Robbie Hahn, Chris Dijon, Joan Brewster, Dan Asher. I mean, there's a lot of people. Uh, Greg Hollenbeck and Jay Parker. They still influence me every day on building this community that we have. So we started you know, doing tortillas. Uh, and then to kind of let you know what I've done, because you're probably, you may be asking yourself, so who is this guy to give me any sort of advice or tell me what's going on in the industry? Well, some of the things that, that we've done as we were plugging along, uh, we were on the Food Network with Sonny Anderson. How'd that get on my plate? Um, we served breakfast burritos, certified master chefs at the Broadmoor. That was, that was, that's a heck of a story. That was exciting. Wine tortillas. We make a wine tortilla. We had that served at the James Beard House by the Barolo Grill here, Chef Daryl Truitt. In 2019, of all places, I popped up on Sesame Street. I was talking with Gonger on how to make tacos, believe it or not. Even in, two, in 2019, CRA, I was, I was blessed with the CRA Outstanding Allied Partner. Uh, CHLA gave me the same award in 2019. Colorado Biz Winner of the Year, Rockalitas won for Best Food and uh, Business. Uh, Pro, and then this year, Pro Start Mentor of the Year. When they called me about this, I have to admit, um, I cried when they told me that. And, and the reason is, is, is I believe in Pro Start. I've seen what it can do and how it will prepare you to get in what I feel is the best industry to get into, this food and beverage industry, hospitality industry. And we're going to dive into that. So, I mean, we've done some things. Um, I've been uh, of service 
on many boards here. Get involved. That's something to do. Get involved. So I've been on the Cherry Creek Innovation Campus on their advisory board, Colorado Biz Magazine, Colorado Hotel Lodging Association. I'm on that board, uh, board of directors on that. The Colorado Restaurant Association, the foundation this year, or actually for the next two years, God help them, I'm the executive vice chairman. And so uh, we'll be doing some exciting things as we move that forward to help even more people in our industry. Metro Denver Lodging Council, I'm on that. Pueblo Community College, hospitality. I was just down there yesterday talking with Mo Montgomery who runs that program. Uh, obviously involved with the Modern Eater, Jay and Greg, uh, they've given me a, a tremendous opportunity. And I'm gonna dig into that one, what we're creating here in community and a way to keep up to date on everything. Also, uh, in helping the community, I was involved with We Don't Waste. I've been a past board member on that and helping line up uh, food donations from the different food companies that I, that I know. So, you know, and I had other stops on the career road. You know, you don't just hit the highway. Um, early on, I decided I wanted to be a stand-up comic, believe it or not. And I'll tell you what I learned there. Early on, I learned public rejection big time. And later on, I got kind of good at public speaking, but I didn't go down that path. Although, as I'm talking to people, it seems like that's what I'm doing. It's some sort of a routine. Later on in life, I got involved in bodybuilding where I learned nutrition and training and how to write art. I, I actually wrote a couple published articles in different magazines. That experience helped me later on in formulating cool new products. Obviously, the Modern Eater Show. You know what I've learned the most here? How to shine the light on others, not myself. And I'm way more comfortable asking other people questions than talking about myself. So that's a little bit about me. Rock Alitas. Let's talk about my business. Rock Alitas. We started in 1946. We were on Larimer Street. And back then, Mexican food, if you wanted Mexican food in Denver, it was on Larimer Street. And it was on about four blocks from about 19th to about 23rd Street. And we were in the middle of that. We were a bakery. We were making tamales, selling bread. And the restaurants around us asked us if we could make them tortillas. Well, dad had a mortgage. We got in the tortilla business. So we were chugging along. And then uh, Raul and I, we, we asked for a raise. We asked for a $25 a week raise. Uh, dad basically tossed the keys to the plant and said, here, you want more money? You've got this. You earn it. And so what? that was in 1981. The Mexican food industry in 1981 was so small. Um, basically back then, if you wanted Mexican food, you had to go to a Mexican restaurant. There weren't restaurants selling breakfast burritos. We didn't have wraps. We did, it wasn't, it was just, it was very restaurant specific. And back then we would get the yellow pages. It was so funny, we would get out the one page of the yellow pages, and those were the restaurants to call on. So we would go calling on them. And we got rejection. Oh my gosh, people would be like, uh, well, your tortillas are round and flat and white like everyone else's. Why should I buy yours? And we got beat up good, really good. And that's when we started realizing we're going to have to figure out a better, a, a better product, a compelling product. We need a difference. We need to be unique. And so from that time, we were selling tortillas in a dozen bags, by the dozen. Just, you know, that was a transaction, one dozen tortillas. Now, we've been blessed enough. We're doing an excess, excess of 25,000 pounds a day, and we're barely keeping up. And so, uh, you know, back then we did recognize we need to get outside of just Mexican restaurants because it, it, there was just not enough potential. 
And so I remember we went to one of our first restaurants. It was on East Colfax. I asked him, you know, what, Raul and I go in, would you guys be interested in buying our tortillas? It was an 8-inch tortilla. I still remember the size. Would you be interested in perhaps buying our tortillas, selling breakfast burritos? Heck, we'll come in and show you how to make the breakfast burritos. The gentleman looks at the tortillas, and he looks at Raul and I, and he says, do you see a donkey on the front of this place? I don't need this. And he threw them at us, and everyone in the dining room was laughing and, and, and making fun of us and jeering on us. And that was one of the moments when I was telling you about our breakfast burritos being served at the uh, Certified Master Chefs reunion at the Broadmoor. Chef John Johnstone. And this is what happens in this family, in this hospitality family. We find ways to lift each other up. We find ways to shine the light on people, to give others that victory. And Chef John Johnstone, this is what he did for me. He knew that story. He, had this, he invited me to breakfast with the certified master chefs. Now, in the world, there are like 67, maybe 69 certified master chefs. He asked me to come have breakfast with him. I'm like, John, I am no chef. I can't cook. I burn the heck out of everything. And John's like, no, I want you to come. I want you to come and have breakfast. So I, I go, I sit down. Everyone's talking with me. They start bringing out breakfast burritos. And John looks at me and he says, my friend, he says, no one will throw tortillas at you anymore. And so, I mean, at the Broadmoor with Certified Master Chef, I was a mess. I was a mess. But I'm going to tell you, that's what people do in this industry. We, we have it in our DNA. Maybe you have it in your DNA. You've, you've, you recognize it. This, this degree of servitude that you want to take care of other people, that's when you're at your best. And that's what you're going to find. You're going to find this huge, amazing family in this industry. That, and I mean, in Colorado, pre-COVID, there was over 250,000 people in our family. And you know what I found amazing? Even when we had 250,000, there was always one, there was always room at the table for one more chair. And so we never turned anyone down from this industry. It was inclusive. It was come jump in the pool, have fun with us. And so, you know, that's, that's the, the wonder of this industry. So we started making all different kinds of cool tortillas. We had to start being innovative. And I'll tell you what happened is once we, once we got to that innovative stage, we had our product going to every state in the United States except for Hawaii. And we had to retreat. We could not keep up. But just to give you an idea, when people go, okay, so, so what have you done that's innovative? And please, I'm telling you this only so you know what may perhaps qualify me to stand here and talk to you. I'm not bragging about this. This was a team of people that helped di do this. These were different people that brought us ingredients. These were customers that asked us I need something unique. So, for example, we started with doing blue corn tortillas, which I, I don't think there's anything special about. I kind of call them the mullet of Mexican food. We, did, we were making flavored tortillas back in the early 80s. Uh, Chef Ray Berman, actually the first flavored tortillas was used to make pizzas. We were making fruit-flavored tortillas, primary colors. We started recognizing the art, the science of, of making food and making it beautiful. You've got to make it beautiful to make it desirable and so we did with primary colors we started doing a sabores de mexico chip that was a garnish i was tired of seeing plates that were white with yellow cheese i wanted to some colors on that we were baking the flavored and fruit tortillas into little bowls we were way ahead of the time on that one of the things we did wind generated electricity all the electricity in our plant 
is wind-generated electricity. Every amp, every volt, 100%. Then we, we made this. Uh, this was a fun project. Although we stopped making it, we, we just ran out of capacity. It was called a sandwich pedal, 10-grain, gluten-free, uh, like, uh, flatbread. And we were selling that all over the United States. That was an incredible product. We started working with some people, and I'm going to talk about culture later on. And now I can recognize our culture of our business and their culture of their business did not mesh. And that product really exposed that difference in culture. And so we're going to circle back to that because ultimately that's probably the most important thing to look for as you advance in your career. So we were doing the sandwich pedals. We started doing the what we call clean ingredients for whole foods. We were doing uh, fl uh, the flour chips for them. Then we also introduced a, a Colorado company called Colorado Mills. We started using their oils. Fantastic. And we started promoting it. Now you find it all over the place. But we were ahead of the curve on that. Uh, Little Ravens, it's like a King's Hawaiian bread. We started using this corn, another ingredient, from Bow and Arrow Farms. It's on an Indian reservation, a southern new tribe. It's right on four corners. We use all, the, all of our yellow corn as their corn. If you've ever stopped to have nachos at 7-Eleven, you've had our chips with that Bow and Arrow Farms corn. So, you know, we're seeing in the past probably eight years a huge trend. We're seeing people, consumers are deciding where they take their their dollars, their, their food dollars, based on what's the impact of my, my eating this. Am I supporting a good organization, a good farm, or am I supporting something that's maybe bad? And so we are always looking to put ingredients in there to make, it, make the choice easy for people. It's a no-brainer. How do you not feel good about helping an Indian tribe right here in our state? How, how do you not do that? Uh, so that was one product. We did a... Uh, Nachos borrachos, which means drunk nachos. I wanted to make a multi-grain chip. I'm like, we're, in we're too close to Boulder to not have a multi-grain chip. What does ours look like? So I got the spent grain from Tommy Knocker beer, mixed it with that Ute tribe corn, made them thick, dusted them. People go crazy at them. And it's another way to reuse that spent grain. It's better nutritious, all that. We're making tortillas with wine. I drove to Napa to uh, do those. Those were served at the James Beard House in uh, New York City. Chef, Chef Daryl, you know, that was one of my best moments of uh, making an exclusive chip for the Broadmoor. That's an awesome one. We also, in the last couple of years, we started making wraps using uh, green chilies from here in Colorado, not Hatch, Colorado green chilies from Musso Farms in South Pueblo and uh, down in Southern Colorado. I went to see Carl yesterday. We were walking out in the, in the fields, you know, seeing, seeing how the, this year's crop is going to look. And then we started making a nixtamal corn tortilla, which is how we used to do it, you know, 100 well, to us, it feels like 100 years ago, but it's the way it should be made. That's been a fun product. Well, we're, I've shown it to chefs, and they smell the bag, and honestly, they get tears. They're like, my gosh, I, I haven't smelled that smell since my grandma's kitchen when I was a little boy. And that's another thing that we have an opportunity in this industry is to elicit emotions from people. With food, you know how sometimes you hear an old song and it brings back a great time in your life, a great memory. Uh, it can be a gloomy day and in your mind it's sunny and happy. We have that opportunity to do that with the food that we choose to make and the people we choose to do it with. And so that's the opportunities in this industry that, that, that are amazing. We're using a, a Ardent Mills a transitional wheat, helping the farmers financially, helping them go from conventional wheat to uh, organic wheat. 
we're helping them make that jump because they incur the cost, but they don't get the benefit. We mix that weed in, that flour, into every single flour tortilla that we make. The past, this past year, we made a hibiscus corn tortilla and hibiscus chips that my neighbor Felix, beautiful, and we did it the hard way. We did it with, with hibiscus leaves and cinnamon and clove. They're amazing. They're amazing. And, you know, I've got a couple more up my sleeve. The problem that I have is people dig our products. They've blessed us with their, with their business. I only have so much capacity yet to give to these new innovative products. And that's, that's what's hard because I have some that are amazing up there. So I'm, I'm working on that. And so I'm gonna, let's segue into what all this means to you. Because I remember at our time, it's like, okay, so I've got this cool product, and, and they're awesome, but you know what? No matter how great of a product you make, they don't sell themselves. You've got to get out and you've got to convince somebody that this product is great, this will help them, this will help their customers, and this isn't just in the food business, this is in any business. You better learn how to position your, your product, market it, and protect that. So um, uh, let's talk about brand positioning. I have whiteboards all around my office. And I'm always doing this X. And, and so you figure out your quadrant and all that stuff. And that's why as we're going forward, if there's a question or something that you've got by yourself, get in touch with me. Come down. We'll mess up that whiteboard. We'll draw all over the thing. I'm here to help people. I want to pass what, what's stuck in my head. I do want to pass it to people, the next generation. Um, any, anyway, let's, let's go to that. But, uh, you know, one of the things I, I remember growing up is I was always, I had this fear. I wasn't afraid of failure, but I was scared to death of not succeeding. And so uh, keep that in mind. And also as you develop the brand of your product, the brand that matters the most, the most is your brand, your personal brand. What do you stand for? Are you a person of integrity? Or are you a person of telling people whatever they want to hear to close that deal? Because that's what I saw in real estate. That's what I could not stand about it. Is, are you a person of, of ethics? Are you a person of, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to roll up my sleeve? That's why I roll up my sleeves, because I, I use that term all the time at work. There, you know what? There's an honor in hard work. This industry, any industry right now, it's hard work. It is. And hard work needs to be honored again. Um, don't be afraid of hard work. Here's another, uh, one of the biggest things I can tell you, is be anxious to serve in any industry. Be anxious to serve, not so desperate to sell. If you walk in the door, uh, for example, if I go see somebody, I'm asking them about their business. Most of the time, I don't take product the first time because to me it's offensive. It's like you going to the doctor's office, he's giving you pills to swallow, and then it's, uh, well, so what, what, what aches you? What ails you? Maybe you need to find out what they need. And so slow down. Be anxious to serve, not so desperate to sell. So here's another question. So what is Rockalitas? Uh, what does that name mean? Well, when we started, we were La Popular. And uh, our tax return still says La Popular. But we had, our little, we had our little store on 20th and Larimer. We had the big warehouse. We sold those, broke, broke them up, the, the little store, and we renamed ours Raquelitas. Raquelitas, Rochelle, is my brother Raul's daughter. And so the picture, the, the logo that you see on the boxes, 
actually comes from an actual picture we've got, which is hilarious because it's been chewed by dogs. But, and if you want to come down, I'll show you that picture that's been chewed up by the dogs because we've still got it. <laughs> but, you know, that's the one thing on this industry. It, 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 it isn't easy. Uh, you can't be afraid of doing the hard work. There's going to be times. Here's another thing I hear of people right now is that I've got to have work-life balance, which is cool. It's a great pursuit. But there's a time in your life that, that if you want to do great things, your life shouldn't be in balance. It can't be. If you want to be the best in Denver, in Colorado, in the world, because that's kind of what I dared myself to be. I don't want to be just the best in Denver. I don't want to just be the best tortilla guy in Colorado. I want to be the best one in the world. And if you want to do that, you ain't going to do that on 40 hours a week. You've got to be totally committed and have a burning desire to do that, to work. Think of Olympic athletes. Uh, what, was, what was the Olympic swimmer? Phelps. Phelps. Trust me, when they're getting ready for the Olympics, how many hours are they in the pool? How many days? Their life is not about balance. There will be a time and a place for that. And mine is, is approaching. And I have been a little out of whack. But if you want to be the best, know, just know, that it's not going to happen on 40 hours a week. Here's another thing you're probably looking around as, as you look at a career choice for our industry. What is my income potential? I wanted to make money when I was young. In fact, for many years, it frustrated me because I did want to achieve things. I wanted a nice car. Cars. I wanted a nice house. I wanted nice clothes. But it wasn't happening in my industry at that time. At that time, it didn't. We had to go out and fight for it and make it happen. Um, but, you know, the funny thing that I've seen now over 40-plus years in this industry, because we've been through a, a few cycles, and in this industry, here's what you'll see. In the great times, we do good. We do good. And, and where others may just thrive, we go up. But in the times that are bad, like the, years we just, the year we just came through, we survive. We always survive. There's something about this industry. People got to eat. And if you make a great product, it's great service, all these things, you will make it through this. And actually, I mean, we've had a lot of restaurants close, but also I'm, you're already seeing some of them reopen because of that. So, you know, that's, that's really a, a big thing. You, you can make it. I mean, here out of Colorado, we've had, think, think of the income potential. Chipotle came out of Colorado, East Evans. Steve Ells, I remember going to see him when he was opening that restaurant up. I couldn't have kept up with him. That's a billion-dollar-plus industry. Here's another one. Um, uh, Smashburger, Tom Ryan. That's a huge company. Started here. Tom didn't start here, but uh, the, the, the burger place did. Smashburger did. He's, so the potential is there. It's, so don't put a ceiling on it. I, unfortunately, did, and it used to cause me a lot of frustration. Be patient, be patient. So let's talk about when you choose, who are you going to work for? What type of restaurant? What type of, whether it's a food distributor, and, and, and we'll circle back on this because there's a lot. Here's the thing to pick. Don't chase the dollars at your age. Don't chase the dollars. Chase the culture. Find a company that's a culture, like that's in your soul, that that's what you are. That is a company with integrity. They do things right. They play the long game. And those are some other things we'll go into. Choose the culture. At Rock Elite, as I think a lot of the part of our success, is that's what we've done. We choose the, the, to make sure that the culture of the business we buy from, 
the culture of the business we sell to, the culture of the people that we have working on our lines of ourselves is consistent with what we are. And we have seen where we're a small business and we make food with passion and we want to make it for passionate people. And we've had customers in the past that started, they had the same culture. We were tied at the hip and at the heart. And they grew. They were very successful. And they sold out. And the new people that came in had a whole different culture. And we were suddenly, instantly, with the signing of that check, we were instantly incompatible. And we've gotten to the point now where we recognize it. And when that does shift, it's time to go. We gracefully bow out. But make that choice for yourself. Choose culture over dollars. The dollars will come, but you've got to have the right culture gives you the right playing field to even do that with. So that's really, really important. Any of you come down, we'll have a long talk for that. Uh, the decision-making process. For us, you know, and, and we have many different decisions that we make right here in the kitchen on the, about the Modern Eater Show. Is Our decisions are always based on the long game. Not what's, good, what's the good decision to make for us for this month or this quarter or this year. We look at it, how is this going to affect what we do, how we're looked at, our culture. Invest for, for your culture. Don't be afraid, like for, ingredient, for an example, ingredients. I spend a lot of money on this Colorado Mills oil. It is the most expensive. And you know what? It should be. But our culture allows us to pay that price and make that type of product. And you, you'll start, if we were doing business with, with a Walmart, that culture would not allow us to make that great of a product. And that's something else that happens is you get in this corner where you know how to make great product, but that your customers don't even allow you to do that. That's why we're not in retail. That's why we're not in grocery stores and the King Supers and Safeways. Theirs is a different culture. We could sell a lot of product, but the fact is you need to dummy your product down to hit the price points, and it's just a different culture. We've chosen to stay true to what got us here. We're consistent in the song that we sing. We've been singing the same thing for, oh my gosh, 30, 40 years now, once we did get it figured out. Um, if you're constantly switching lanes, if, if you're seeing a company, and, and look at a company. If uh, two years ago, they were the cheapest. And now this year, uh, they're seeing they're local. And then uh, now, oh, now we're the premium and all stuff. They're switching lanes all the time. You know, we don't get phone calls, people calling us for the cheapest tortillas anymore because they know ours is not that place. I make no bones about it. Our tortillas are the most expensive on the market, and they should be. And that comes from confidence of doing all these things, choosing the culture, choosing the ingredients, being passionate, do the hard work. People will, our customers have rewarded us. They've blessed us. We've got customers that, that have been doing business with us since my dad, Sal, had the business. And they don't leave us. Why? Because we take care of them. If they call us, call us on a Saturday night, we got slammed, I need stuff at 8 o'clock in the morning, they know I'm going to get them tortillas. We're going to get them. They can count on us. That's what this whole business is about. It's like being a wolf to all your friends, being that protector. And we'll talk about, um, what do we talk about? Pirates and shepherds. We talk about that too. So let's talk about this past year, because this past year, pre-COVID, let's talk about pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, from about 2008 till last year, was, I called it many times, the golden age for restaurants here in Colorado, restaurants and hotels. Everyone who opened pretty much made it. 
Um, it was just, it was, food became sexy, it became popular, it became entertainment. And the, the dining rooms, they were all full. COVID came, holy cow, it devastated us, big time. And it, it, it exposed some restaurants were not, finan- were not being run as well financially as they should. Some restaurants didn't stand for anything. Some couldn't do the pivot. Some had legitimate reasons. Some threw in the towel. And there's no shame in either one, but it, it got devastated. But here's what happened. Many of you students are probably, you've watched on the news, the restaurant you have in your mind, the restaurant industry has been decimated. There is no career for me. I was in ProStart for two years, ready to get in, and it's not there. That ship is sunk. It didn't leave. It's sunk. Well, that's one of the things I'm here to tell you today. That ship did not sink. And in fact, it circled around. It came back. It pulled up to the dock, and it needs you. It wants you. It's ready to reward you. So we're here. We're here and ready for you. And what, so what are the jobs? There are so many, so many pathways in this industry. I'm going to tell you something that I posted on Facebook. Uh, it's probably been a couple weeks ago. And it was just one typical day. And actually, it, it still blows my mind when I think to that 19-year-old kid that had tortillas thrown at him to what my days look like now. I could not have imagined what my days look like now back then it, it just no way but you guys because the restaurant industry has become more it's more encompassing there's more jobs you have much greater potential than we ever did than we could ever see and so one day just one day let's say I had breakfast with chef Dan Skay he is the executive chef for Centura Health at uh, many of the hospitals here in Denver and if you want to find out what you're going to be eating in about four or five years go eat at his restaurants and so we're talking about what summer menu look like. What are people doing? What is the pivot? How are we making this work? So we talked with him. After that, I had lunch. I had the, the privilege of having lunch with Lori Scanlon. Lori is head of R&D at Ardent Mills. Ardent Mills is a flour company, a wheat flour company, and, and many other grains as well. They're the world's largest flour miller. Their headquarters are right here uh, in Denver on 19th and Lawrence. So I had lunch with her and the new brand manager, Michelle, for, brand manager for Ardent Mills, and we're talking about some food science things that we've got. She's working on some things with quinoa. I'm working on stuff for natural preservatives. We, we get together. Uh, Lori has been with, oh my gosh, she's been with Chipotle, Red Robin, uh, Spice Companies. But there's a pathway. Who knows? Who knew that there were food scientists or brand ambassadors? Um, after I got back from lunch, I ran down to the plant. I had uh, my friend Jason Morse, an incredible barbecue chef. He was a country club chef, uh, well-known, well-respected. Here's the, his career path. He started making spices, selling spices at Ace True Value stores. And, he, and so he had to carve his own path. There was no path to follow. He had to figure out where he wanted to get and get that path, but through perseverance, good business and making sure he choose he chose a company with the right culture as his jason now is in every i I believe every true value store all over the united states he's got a fleet of trucks driving around teaching people barbecue how to use different grills reverse sears all these amazing things he does extremely well he does extremely well and who's making his products uh, he's, he's got a company here at Talco making his spices. An, another Colorado family that's been in here forever, forever. 
dinner. Dinner comes, get done with Jason. Dinner comes, go to lunch with Justin Adrian. Justin Adrian is the uh, president and operations manager. Uh, uh, he, he's just um, amazing. All the different restaurants that he's running in, in Reavers, you know, he, he's with Vibe Concepts. It's amazing what he does. And uh, you're, you'll probably hear more about him. He has joined the CRF, and he will be getting involved in some of uh, the different programs that we've got coming up. But, you know, that's kind of like an average day. Even yesterday in Pueblo with the head of Pueblo Community College, go see the farmers on the chilies. This can be, the, the career paths are amazing. And we haven't even got into like accounting, marketing. Um, th- there's just so many pathways here. More, way more than you can imagine. And, and again, if you ever want to come down to the plant, come down. So what is the future after post-COVID? What's the future of our industry? Because people are like, well, are they going to stay at home? Are they going to go to the restaurants? What are they going to do? Well, you know, we go to restaurants to celebrate life's moments. Our special moments, whether they're birthdays, anniversaries, weddings. Sometimes, you know, we get to prepare. This is the fun part of this industry. We get to make, uh, we get to be of service to people who are, are, are celebrating life in this way. And this has happened. So what I speak of isn't fiction. Is that a gentleman that I know, he had cancer. He, uh, he and his wife had made a dinner reservation at a restaurant for about a week out. And he went to the doctor and found out his cancer was in remission. So they got to go to the hospital, or hospital, they got to go to the restaurant to celebrate life, to celebrate life. And when we can be part of what that celebration is, I just think what an awesome privilege it is. And truly, you know, my 40 years, it's been a privilege to be of service to so many restaurants, uh, hotels, resorts, the drivers of the trucks, the, the account, all the things. It truly has been a privilege. I've been so blessed, and I do take that responsibility so serious to do the best I can for everybody and shine the light on everybody and give them as much encouragement and as much of my experience as I possibly can to help you hopefully avoid some of the mistakes that I made because we made our share of mistakes. But So that's, that's kind of the gist. I'm going to say let's see if we can have a question and answer session and, and uh, take it from there. Yeah, Rich, everything you're saying is so incredible and so relatable. Can you tell us a little bit more about Little Raven? Where did that come from? <laughs> How does that connect to ProStar? Give us a little insight on that. Oh, baby, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Little Raven, you know, uh, when we make our products, you can choose to just make a product or you can make something that's like a child. Every product is, is like one of your child. And so the Little Ravens, I wanted to make a whole wheat tortilla. Like if King's Hawaiian Bread made a little tortilla, what would it be like? So I got Colorado whole wheat. We sweeten it with agave. We make them little. And so here, here's a thing that's little, sweet, and kind of brown. Well, that's my daughter, Raven. So that, we, we named that, that product, we named them Little Ravens. And Raven has been in ProStar. She was in ProStar for, for uh, I believe, two years here in, in Colorado at Grandview. Audra Dunlevy was the uh, teacher there. Um, and her team did very well. They won state on the business side of it. And then they went to the Nationals. I went to uh, Johnson Wales in Providence with them where they placed fifth. 
But it's, uh, that's where I saw the ProStart program. And I was just, I was amazed. I was so happy for the future of our industry when I saw so many young culinarians working so hard, so intensely to compete at such a high level. I mean, okay, I'm old, okay? High school in 1978, I was making grilled cheese and I was probably burning it at that time. And you see the, the food that people are, that these students are making. I have drank the Kool-Aid. I'm so impressed, uh, and I have to give my kudos to Mary Mino on that program. It's an amazing program. So that's where Little Ravens come from. Awesome. So, Rich, you kind of talked about your connection with U-Tribe, with Modern Eater, with the Colorado Restaurant Association, uh -huh. with the foundation. What have those connections really meant for you at Rockalitas in your personal career? Give us an insight of how important those connections really are. You know, you know what's funny? It's, uh, it's actually quite ironic how doing, uh, being involved with more organizations, and as they're all different, We Don't Waste has a mission, Colorado Restaurant Association has a mission, Colorado Restaurant Foundation has a mission, The Modern Eater has a mission. And even though as they compete for time, being in them and, and helping others make connections solve problems, make introductions, truly helping that business, helping that family, and maybe even their kids eat better because of the things that we do. Uh, it energizes me. I'm old, I should be tired, but I'm more energized than ever because of my involvement in all these different organizations. But that happens only because these, each organization on its own is very robust and dynamic. It's not like I'm having to carry anything. I get to uh, fill the sails with even more wind. And so, yeah, getting involved. I'm going to tell any of you getting in this, get involved. You don't need to join as many as I did right off the bat, but jump in the pool somewhere. It will make you better. Excellent. And on that topic, we've been talking a lot lately on our masterclasses about supporting our local food kind of production and industry. Why is that important? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, how much time do I have? Because <laughs> I, uh, you know, we did local, we got a, on the, I'm going to, I'm not going to say we got on the local bandwagon, but we had to buy local. We had an 800 pound gorilla in our backyard and they were making it hard for us to buy our ingredients. So we had to start forging relationships with the farmers. We had to buy local just to survive. But at the same time, we noticed, wow, people really like this. This plays very well here in Colorado. People really want that. So I'm always of this, I buy as much local as I can. I promote them. I put the companies, the ingredients, the, the, the logo of the company, Colorado Mills, for example, I'll tout them. They're very worthy of, of our touting. Um, we print their logo on the top of the boxes. I wanted other companies to know what a great oil this was. And I wanted other companies to know, even the tortilla makers. In fact, we, we pulled ingredients into distribution, making it easier for other companies. But local, local is here to stay. Local is going to only grow. And actually, local may be other people's key to survival because transport we have in our industry right now huge transportation problems, challenges. And so local is going to be, it may be your key to survival. Now, here's another thing I want to, I want to pound on. Is local gets, I think, very abused. 
There is really, I bet if you were to ask 100 different people what does local mean in regards to food, you'd probably get 100 different answers. So does local mean, oh, there's a, we'll, we'll just say a bread company. There's a bread company. They're just a block away, but you know, they're buying flour from somewhere else. They're getting shortening from, from uh, South America. They're getting their flour from Oklahoma. They're getting their boxes from Chicago because they're cheaper. They're getting their bags from China. So is that local? Tell me how local that is. And so that's one thing we really dig down on, or we have chosen to, is I don't want to just barely, I, I, I think it's wise. And so I'm going to say I, we want to, and I think it's wise to. Don't just clear the bar on local. Kill it. Find out, okay, are there, there, uh, are there local wheats? We've got some of the best wheat in the United States, and I know because I've traveled many states inspecting wheat. We have amazing wheat right here in our backyard, so why would I buy wheat from somewhere else? Colorado Mills, their oil. Here I go again with Colorado Mills. It's grown and pressed right here in Lamar, Colorado. Why would I buy my shortening from South America if, I've got, if I can support 500 family farmers here in Colorado? That's local. How about where am I going to get my boxes? I might pay a little more, I might invest a little more, but I'm helping the box court, the corrugators here in Denver, helping them stay busy, helping those families eat. My bags, I won't even buy bags from China. My bags come from uh, Missouri right now. And so local gets beat up. I think people need to dig into that. But that's a great question because it does get abused. I feel it gets abused a lot. And so, uh, yeah, I have very strong beliefs on that. Thank you, Absolutely. babe. That was a great question. Yeah, we have another question here that is, how do you use social media? How does that promote your business and promote local businesses? Boy, you know, I wish we had had that available in 1981, 82, 83. Uh, because, you know, it was a food show. We, we had food shows once a year. Well, you can't gain any traction. Social media, with its great, with its benefits and its evils, can be used very, very well. For example, this past year. Um, I love, you know, if you have a story, you've got to tell it. And social media is a great way to tell it in your own words. They're unfiltered, uncensored. This past year, I'll, I'll give you an example. And I hope I don't upset some of my, my customers, my distributors on this, is uh, when COVID hit, uh, they had a lot of tortillas from other companies in their warehouses. And we had a lot of demand for our products, so they, they emptied out of ours. And so they were saying, the distributors were telling people, hey, Rockalitas is out. They're, they're, they're broke. You've got to use these other products. So I had people calling me saying, Richie, are, are you and Raul, every, Madi, everyone okay? Yeah, of course we're okay. I'm here, I'm here working. Oh, we heard you're down and all this stuff. And I kept hearing that and hearing that. And so I had to go on social media and show them, here, we're running, we're making, we're making product and we're, we can fill your orders. And within hours, suddenly, I had our orders from the distributors to refill their stocks. So here's what social media can be used for, to tell your story about local, whatever it is. Don't lie about it, but certainly tell the truth. You got to tell it. I think it's a way to, to give, uh, to tell about the culture of your business in your own in your own voice and the agility I mean my gosh we'll make up we've made a post on something and it'll be seen by you know 5,000 people in about two hours and so it's it can be used very very wisely however you know there there are some people that aren't using I'm gonna say as smart as others and they should probably consider what they're putting out there excellent um, we have a question too about 
how many employees are at Rockalitas and where can we find your product? <laughs> well, there's two, uh, two questions there. We've got, uh, at Rockalitas right now, we're probably at about 25 people. And we've got, I'm going to tell you, I think right now we've got the best team we've ever had. Truly, everyone, when we started looking at our people through the eyes of what's their culture, what's our culture, we started bringing in better people and we retained those great people. So we're at about 25. We manufacture uh, six days a week. Right now, two shifts a day. And that's really where we, where we want it to be. So that's where we are there. And Bailey, I forgot the second question. Where can we find your tortillas? Oh, that's, that's a tough or one. Okay, chips. okay, that's right, that's right. Well, we manufacture really for food service and restaurants. So uh, in a retail type pack, now, and also know that we make about 70 different flour tortillas, corn tortillas, and chips, and I'm still kind of cranking out a few new ones. Uh, Marzix Markets, great stores. Their culture is exactly like ours. We, uh, we are tied at the hip. They carry our products. Um, for the public to go on a cash and carry would be Marzix or uh, Shamrock. They have a food service warehouse on about Alameda and I want to say it's Jason Street. And uh, a lot of chefs, a lot of your food trucks are going there to pick up product. But Excellent. So let's round it out with one last question. Sure. How can students stand out to others wanting to pursue this job in this industry? What can they do now? in high school. Okay, I guess part of that is gonna be where, well, let's see, what can you do to make yourself stand out? Number one, you've done a huge step by being in ProStart, number one. You put yourself so far ahead of the curve, more than you realize. It, truly, every one of you, four years, six years, eight years from now, will be looking back going, wow, how much I was exposed to and how much I learned at ProStart. So number one, you've got an advantage on practical knowledge, on the language of our industry. Um, I, would, I would look at the culture of the business. I'll give you an example. My daughter Raven, she's a very personable person. She likes to deliver a, an experience with interacting with people. She worked at a restaurant downtown. Basically, she was a cashier. And it was all about speed. And so she could not have conversations with people because the people behind would get mad. It's like, hey, I've got to hustle this up. So you really have to look at what are you, what do you want to be, and where is that going to best fit in? What is that environment? Is it fast food? If you don't like people, maybe being a cashier <laughs> may be the fit for you. But, you know, you've got to find that right culture of a restaurant. And then what will happen is you'll find this is a very welcoming family we pull you in, and you find that culture where you can just flourish and blossom and bloom, and you'll see how fast of a family you, you've created in this industry. Excellent. Thank you so much, Rich. Thank you, Modern Eater. Thank you to the Colorado Restaurant Association. This has been such valuable information for our students, and we are so excited to share this with everyone around the, around the state. So thank you very much. Thank you. Good luck. And I hope some of you reach out to me and I hope to see you in some of our, uh, in our industry. You're welcome. Come on in. Wonderful. Thank you everyone for joining us. Have a great day. What? 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 Wow. 50 minutes of magic. That was fantastic, Rich.
How do you, how do you feel after that? Um, Are you drained, exhausted? You know, like I said, I'm, I'm a little tired, but, yeah. but uh, tired maybe physically. I'm thirsty. I want some Gatorade. But energized, Gatorade. energized. I, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things. This industry, you either get it or you don't. Right. And, and, and you find out really quick if you don't. Yeah. But if you love it, there is no substitute for yeah. the camaraderie, the in the trenches, the I'm going to do this to make sure you succeed, and you're going to do that to make sure I succeed. It, there, there is not. An, an, looking back, you know, many times when you're, when you're 61, when you're, when you're my age, you're like, ah, I wish I would have gone down this path. I wish I would have gone down that path. <laughs> yeah. It's emotional to you. It's emotional to me. Same way. You, um, you're, you were asked to do that for a reason. And the reason is you mean so much to all of us. And um, you're a pillar. It's, it's, a, it's an obligation. It's a responsibility. Whether you wanted it or not. A little pillar. Here, <laughs> here, here you go. Those of you that are tuning into the Modern Eater Show right now, it's a very special moment. And you, the past 50 minutes um, was something that really meant a lot to me. And I knew when I heard Little Rich is going to be talking and you're going to be talking to students as the old guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's something that yeah. a lot of people need to have. So today, um, I, I'm fortunate enough to get some of your wisdom on the daily, truly, with your yeah, involvement with the modern eater. And so um, lots of great stuff that you brought up. Do you have a second to stick around? Of course, of course. Okay, the modern eater stream continues live on a Friday from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Uh, it's a fun Friday, and that's what it's all about. A beautiful day in the Mile High City. It's springtime in the Rockies, Rich. It's beautiful. It's convertible weather. A lot of, I don't have either one uh, of them. <laughs> I know. A lot of excitement going on. We're going to break away real quick. Okay. Uh, hear from some local uh, purveyors, okay. sponsors of the show, partners oh, of, of the show. And uh, we'll, we'll be right back. The Modern Eater Show will continue with little Rich Schneider. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumpling, 4 by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the Modern Eater. You're watching them, you're tasting them, you're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey 4-pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming. Uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey 4-pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pecos, or at Colfax in York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. Hi. <laughs> this is for the outtake version. What's up, Denver? I'm Chef Natasha Hess, and this is Chef Carrie Baird, and we are at the Ginger Pig. Check us out, gingerpig.com. You can also see us on themoderneater.com. Thanks, everybody. It's cornstarch. I know. It's cool. Hey, welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of the Modern Eater Network, and probably 
Um, the past hour on the Modern Eat Eater Network has been one of the best for me. I get an opportunity to um, sit and listen to my friend, my mentor, my business partner, Little Rich Schneider. And uh, a, a few moments that were fantastic. If you weren't able to catch, uh, if you're just tuning in now, take the opportunity to, to look at the past hour of today's program. And what you will find is a Pro Start Masterclass. And Pro Start is basically for youngsters to be able mm -hmm. to get into culinary mm -hmm. and yes. beyond. Yes, absolutely. Within the industry. It was a great talk. Their students and their teachers were able to uh, utilize Little Rich for part of their curriculum. Mm -hmm. And that's something that they offer for uh, that class itself. It, it was great to hear so many points, but I wanted to do this because that's what, <laughs> that's true. People were actually throwing your own product at you, Rich. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. No, it's absolutely true. But that was a moment in your life to where it symbolized something. Well, you know, it's, as, as you see, and this is the, the part, only you, get, you only get this perspective after so much time and the whole industry has traveled so far. Mm -hmm. Not just us necessarily, but the industry. They weren't throwing the tortillas necessarily. Here, here's the thing. I've come to realize they weren't throwing the tortillas at me. They were throwing them at Mexican food. Interesting. Um, it was just like, who wants to serve that garbage or that mm -hmm. poor stuff? And so, and now you see, you know, you, you go and you see these chefs that are, that are creating wonderful things. I mean, just unbelievable things that were not even in anyone's imagination back then. And to see, see it come and know, yeah, we were a part of that. Mm -hmm. We were the canvas while all these paintings were being made. Yeah, it's really satisfying. That was a moment of development, though, right? Because that, for you and defining character and what you could have done, you could have had the mindset of discouragement, throw in the towel, they're absolutely right. What am I doing? Do I need to change paths? Mm -hmm. You chose to build off of that in a different direction, in a building a business and staying true, of riding that ship's mm -hmm. passage. What, mm -hmm. what did, did, I mean, I work, operate in the same way, and I think a lot of people may do the same as well, is if you tell me I can't do something, if you tell me it's not worth something and I believe in it, what am I going to do? What did you do? Well, you know, we, we've had to retreat back. Mm -hmm. But usually, you know, you tell us it can't be done, and it's like, oh, yeah. watch us. Yeah. Watch us do it. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and let me tell you, we went through that just this past year with, with COVID. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I see we didn't sell out. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I'm, I'm proudest on is our culture. We didn't even know, we didn't even identify our culture as our culture. Sure. That wasn't the thing. Yeah. But now I can look back and say, and, and Raw was really the disciplinarian on this. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, we are a certain thing and we're not this. Yeah. And sales dollars got or, or missed mm -hmm. opportunities, we're going to stay true to our course, what we want to yeah. do with this. In, in business, and correct me if I'm wrong, you will take a whooping. You will doubt yourself. Oh. You will doubt your, the, the model that you have. You will change lanes just because at the time something else looks sexier. You, you get something dangled in front, of your, in front of you, you can get distracted in business a lot of times. And you may yeah. resemble one thing. So how do you determine the difference between just like COVID, we needed to pivot and identify mm -hmm. pivots to be able to 
mm-hmm. just, just survive altogether versus we have a core, we have values, this is what we are. One of the things as we were developing the modern eater was who are we? Mm-hmm. What are we? So the products may change throughout the years, but your ethos, your belief systems, your core, your values, and how and who people interact with you as a business is probably one of the most important things to figure out early on. Oh, absolutely. You know, I I, I talk about how in culture, you want to find out the true, what the heart and soul of that decision-making process. For example, with us, what are the products that we didn't make? We're known for all these products that we make, innovators. What didn't, we, what didn't we make? What did we choose not to make because it would only have been chasing the buck? But in the rearview mirror, it would have been like, you were selling me garbage. And that basically is a low-carb tortilla. Hmm. Everyone was, oh, we want low-carb. And people were playing with fiber and doing all these things. But f- knowing nutrition, yeah. I was like, that is not true. Yeah. That is not true. We're not going to make that. I'm not going to sell. We're not going to sell out our brand to make money for a couple years and then be proven wrong on the back end. Yeah. You know what I used to tell people? I've been all over, all over Kansas mm-hmm. and now Colorado, wheat fields. Never in any of those trips did I go by a field of low-carb wheat. It ain't there. <laughs> no. It ain't there. It's not. And so when you see these things, when, when you see somebody saying, oh, you can have a tortilla this big and it's four grams of carbs, no way. A soda cracker has five grams of carbs. How do you make dough go? It's, it, in the baking industry, for example, it's a joke. Everyone's like, do what you want to do. But, but that's how we showed our true character, our true culture. Sometimes it's the things you don't do that best describe yeah. what, you're, what you're about. A lot of times we talk about in business galvanizing moments or gal- needing to be galvanized. First of all, just hold that because I want to give you the term of how you utilize galvanizing, in, in, in what sense you utilize that word. Um, but a galvanizing moment or symbol- symbolization is what we're talking mm-hmm. about right now. Mm-hmm. That photo that you talked about with that the dog <laughs> chewed up, Right? Uh-huh. Um, just quickly, that, what, that story, so I can make the point of that photo. Sure, what, sure. What, well, Rawl had a picture of his daughter, Rochelle, and he had a new Rottweiler pup, and the pup, pup chewed the picture up, but Rawl loved that picture of her. And so when it was time to do a, a new logo for the new name, Rockelitas, he's like, I know exactly what mm-hmm. picture it is. And it means so much, it's still around. It's like, right? our, it's like the holy sh- grail to us. So as symbolization, almost like having that photo chewed up, tethered, uh, <laughs> yeah. j- t- just be, beat up symbolizes the tough pursuit along the way. Absolutely. It, it almost needs to be that way. Those are the yeah. things that give me goosebumps because yeah. business isn't easy. Oh, a brand no. isn't easy. Building a culture is not easy. But if it would, if it was, everybody would be doing oh, it. Oh, well, right? here's another thing. It de- depending on you, if you're an innovator or an imitator. If you're an innovator, you're there early you don't have the demand there because people haven't even realized that they need this. So you have to, it takes a while. You have to really believe in yourself and your vision. Did I pick the right product for the, for the time or for the future? If you're an imitator, everyone else took the risks. You're just coming in making the same thing. There's no risk. And so that's one thing that we are, is we are innovators, not imitators. Love it. We have people that come here and they're like, oh, I want you to make... For example, right now, this is going on. There's a company coming here. They're like, we want you to make tortillas like this one tortilla factory in Chicago. Well, I know those people in Chicago. 
I know the, the, the brothers. I talk to them regularly. If they've done a great job, and they have, they made a great tortilla like that, I am not going to go copy it. They deserve to sell that product. They deserve the reward of their innovation. I make mine, we make ours different. It's, it's kind of close, but it's enough where even visually it's not the same. One of the things that uh, the pandemic did do was put a lot of people in uncomfortable positions. And there were a lot of people furloughed in this industry and sat on the bench and looking like, well, you know, what, what, what's best for, for me? Understandable. You have to look out for A number one. And when you get dropped twice, you look at, man, there could be a third tap time, out, right? Yeah. So a lot of things have happened. Right now we're seeing an industry shortage of workers. Mm -hmm. It'll pro water finds its own level. It'll even itself mm -hmm. out at mm -hmm. some point. But it also allowed the uh, opportunity for folks to discover their own passions, mm -hmm. their own brands. They're trying to do an off-label spice or some rubs or some, or some sauces. Or, so as we talk about building brands and building businesses, what are the two, three most important things? Is you, you may have a product, and there's a lot of folks out there that have been watching the stream, and I've looked at some of the comments, and Luke from Centennial Cuts chimed in and said, this is great information. It is great information. Mm -hmm. And people need to tell that story, and they need to utilize their social media properly. But what are the three, four, five, whatever it is, things that you really need to get in line as you build your brand? I think starting number one, being able to build and tell your story is important. We did that here at The Modern Eater. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk, talk about this kitchen. Oh, well, all that this kitchen has done. And, and again, you talk about COVID. We had magic. There is magic in this, in this location. We had magic in this studio every Saturday night. Yep. And only because of COVID making it impossible that you couldn't do it, mm -hmm. that when you, when you look back in the rearview mirror, you go, look at all the connections that were made in here, the lifelong friendships that mm -hmm. were made in here, the galvanizing that went on in here yes and only when it was taken away did you realize wow how sweet that was I I had that every Saturday and didn't even realize it and so you know we were trying to when when you and and Jay and I sat down we were talking about let's make a place remember I used to say this is a place to fail because to innovate you must fail yeah, if you're afraid to fail you'll you'll never innovate yeah, get your picture chewed up here so it was like come come down cook you'll have the best audience yeah and you know what we'll give you honest feedback hey that was great or oh my god that sucked mm -hmm. don't ever make that again but we wanted to make it a place of collaboration of everyone getting together you know what it was literally like we had thanksgiving dinner for our family mm -hmm. every saturday night yeah but I wanted the way the kitchen looks today or even next year or, or two years from now, I, I wanted it to look that way right away. Yes. That wasn't, that wasn't really reasonable or possible as you kind of get into your business. You need to feel it out. You need to build the structure, the foundation or the base really before, you know, if it was up to me, I would have come in and I said, Rich, let's find a million dollars. I want this <laughs> well, whole place had to that be. conversation. <laughs> I want this whole place to be TVs. Yeah. So how do you, how do you get that patience? What, where do you build? You may have a product that you think is fantastic for yourself, mm -hmm. but you really got to get on the right foot. Counting making sure your books are solid, making sure you're building your story, making sure you're showing and, and utilizing the folks that you are doing business with mm -hmm. and creating testimonials. Absolutely. That's the most powerful That's the most powerful sales tool there is, is, is the testimonials. Abs absolutely. But no, you're, you're hitting on, on the points is, is uh, there are so many things that were, were, were created out of here 
And, and at the beginning, you know, I always liked, I'll tell you where I got that from. It was really Las Delicias. I got to give Roberto Torres his, his, his cred, man. When he started the mothership on 19th and Penn, he was in a tiny little space. And we would go eat there. Roll and I would go have lunch. He said he was cooking and waiting tables. Yeah, and he was running yeah, around he, doing he the whole. He did it all. He yeah, did it all. Yeah. Within I mean, your I, means. I can still see him in his white, like old. Remember the hamburger style hat? Sure. He had a white hat like that, and he had an apron, and he'd have the mm-hmm. rag out of his. You know, just everyone doing it. But he grew from one little spot. Yeah. Took over the next one. Yeah. Took over the next one, yeah. and we would go there and eat. And as we saw, oh man, I remember we were coming here when it was just a little place. And as we saw them grow, we felt because of our eating there mm-hmm. and supporting him, we contributed to that, sex, set, that, that success. We owned a part of that. Mm-hmm. It was ours. Yeah. And we, we took ownership in, not vi- vi- virtual ownership, but I mean just like, yeah, look what we all helped do. Yeah. And so that's what's fun is we, we you know, it was like, well, let's, let's judiciously yeah. put this out and see where the growth comes. And, and people, you know, as they've come here, they're like, I remember when this was blue. Or purple. Yeah. When it was purple. Sure. And we didn't have any TVs. Nope. You know, and, and, and I wanted it the next day. It, oh, so but it's proceeded with caution. And that and really that's when you begin. I got that you, from Raw. It, did you? <laughs> I, yeah. I believe it. But <laughs> yeah. as you're doing that, as you're going through the process and you need to go through the process, that's when your story builds. So as you're doing those things, keep in mind the character, your associations what you're putting out there in the world, who you're choosing to do business with, and looking at the long game rather than that short game. And a lot of times, and some other um, business mentors of mine will tell you that you're not going to succeed as a business until you face that you're going to fail. Yeah, That's a tough yeah. proposition to look failure in its eye, to have your ass kicked, to be laying on the ground literally and being able to pull that business up because of that belief and bring it into successful. Yeah, yeah. Well, even here, you know, that's what we've instilled at the Modern Eater. Yeah. Hey, no doubt about it. It's not like we're printing money down here oh, from gosh. day one. Jeez. And listen, if we, we're not telling you, we, we, either of these businesses are on the other side of it, right? Yeah, no, no. Uh, and, and that's another thing that you need to do is treat your business on a daily basis like you could lose it today. Absolutely, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with having that cautious Keep and, that and keeping that focus on there. So, so where do we go from here? Uh, if you could indulge me, I know, and I know you got to get back to the plant. Uh, give me 10 more minutes on the other side of this quick break to hear from some more lo- great local companies. Um, and then you'll hear Jay talk about Wait Aspen Baking I want to talk about the culture of these companies. Yeah. Because as I've been talking about culture all day, when, when we have people approach us uh-huh. to be a sponsor or we approach them, when we're talking about do they, do we want them, whatever, mm-hmm. what do we talk about? The culture of that business, yes. the heart and soul. Why are they making beer? Why are they baking bread? Why are they putting in tap systems? Why are they doing that? Now, let me tell you, we have filtered every single one of our sponsors mm-hmm. through that culture. Yeah. And, so, and we want people to feel comfortable that if you see their spot here, if mm-hmm. you see them here, you can feel comfortable with them because they're, they're the right culture. It's all true. It's all absolutely true. What I want to do is I want to break away. I want to come right back. And what I want to do in this next segment is look around the corner with you to talk about what's coming up. There's a shortage of employees. We've got a great article that's going to be released on Monday. Wow. With a new writer of the Modern Eater. Welcome, Lori Midson, to the Modern Eater team, who is uh, just put together a home run, a fabulous piece on 
Um, where are the industry workers right now? It, pro- she addresses the elephant in the room. That's all I have yeah, to say. She pulls the curtain back You're on You're really going to enjoy this article. That will yeah. drop on themoderneater.com. If you haven't been to themoderneater.com lately, I'd encourage you to do it. There's going to be a lot of exciting things coming up. Mm-hmm. But what can the modern eater do for you mm-hmm. coming up? as a small business, as an end consumer, as a farmer, as a rancher, as a brewer, or a distiller. We'll let you know what we can do for you when we come back at Studio Kitchen Colorado. Hey guys, Alex Armitas over at Sam's number three, Glendale. You want a Bloody Mary? You want a cheeseburger? You want a breakfast burrito, Greek salad, bacon gyro meat, chicken souvlaki, barbecue ranch salad? We got you covered. Come down and see us. One more time. Try it again. Hey guys, Alex Armitas over here at Sam's number three, Glendale. Now get your ass to themoderneater.com. Thank you so much. Modern Eater, we love you guys. This is Amber with Northern Colorado Potatoes, reminding everyone that potatoes grown here are truly rooted in love and rooted in a long history of being grown in this area. Early 1900s reports show that this was either the largest or one of the largest potato producing areas in the nation. Other states have had some amazing branding, but don't forget we have all your favorite varieties and more you love to cook and eat, including russet. Support local potatoes, you won't be disappointed. Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime, and you're watching the Modern Eater Show. (laughs) I'm fine with that. All right, back to the show in just a second, you guys. But uh, do you know what time it is? I know Little Rich knows what time it is, and I know Greg knows what time it is. But uh, do you know what time it is? It's time for bread and specifically Aspen Baking. Are you a bread lover? If you're a bread lover, then, then the AspenBaking.com. That's it. And now, and now we're done. You don't have to listen to anything else. If you love bread, AspenBaking.com. That's it. Back to the show. Back to the show. But seriously, since 1994, Aspen Baking Company has been baking the freshest bread in the city. And, and our buddy Jeffrey Nations, man, this guy knows bread. No matter what your bread needs are, AspenBaking.com has you covered. They're local. They love you. We love them. It's bread. Bread. If it's bread, it's AspenBaking.com. That, that, Greg, that's all I got. Sorry. Back to the show. <laughs> Drinking coffee again, are you? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, speak, coffee. Speaking about um, <laughs> community and family, and he talked about Aspen Baking Company, and I saw the picture of Josh Nuremberg. Jay changes out that photo daily uh-huh. in the back there. Uh-huh. And just show the industry. Show, show the men and women that are sure. involved. In, and when you get into this, this business, uh, hospitality, um, culinary, front of the house, back of the house, food service all together, you get to know one another. It's, it's tight-knit, right? So Jay Parker, who gets very little um, talk or accolades, mm-hmm. a huge part of the family, keeping us all together oh, and yeah. connected, showing and highlighting, and um, ba- basically just the guy behind the scenes. And as he talks about Aspen Baking all the time, there's another business that we've become very, very close to. And, and in our hearts. And Jeffrey Nation, owner of Aspen Baking Company, who's been doing what he does so well for so many years as well. He's in the fight of his life right now and just mm-hmm. um, doing what he can to kick cancer's ass. And um, I admire the man. I've become very close and near and dear yeah. to our hearts. And not yeah. only that, he has a great product and a great company with a lot of great values as well. 
But in this business, you can run, but you can't hide from it, right? So um, right now, there's a lot of need for folks to come back to the business. And I think they're a little hurt from the family, right? They're feeling a little bit gun shy of where, where do I fit in or do, where do I need to? But I can tell you what, if you jump back in right now when um, there's an abundance of openings, it'll be really appreciated and you'll really find the growth that you will want if you put your heart and soul back into this business. Um, th- there's a lot of opportunity right now, Rich. Everywhere. I, I think right now it's really a matter of um, if you want to get in the game, mm-hmm. you can probably walk in any door and you don't necessarily walk back out. They'll put you to work like mm-hmm. then. And I'm going to tell you, the restaurant, the people in front of the house, and I talked this, about this for my family, mm-hmm. Raven, um, there's money to be made. Yeah. It's the reshuffling of the deck, right? I mean, the yeah. deck's being reshuffled. You're seeing things change and move around anything. You may have been a little uncomfortable, a little insecure, but I'll tell you, the changes are happening right now. And things are being addressed. The, the, the wage disparities from um, one sector of food service to the next, those are being addressed. Livable wages, secure wages, health care, uh, all those things are really being looked at. But I can tell you right now, in an industry that's got a, a, a wounded wing, um, those things are, uh, are, are being looked at and appreciated that if come sub- September you want to jump back into the pool, I'm just saying it's going to be a lot more difficult on the hearts and the minds of the people who need you right now. So there's opportunity yeah. aplenty yeah. for that. Um, as far as your brands go, if you are in food service, if you are Colorado, if you're in the reach of our voice right now and you've got uh, a cool product or you're a farmer or a rancher or basically anybody within that chain, we, we want to tell your story. We want to help you out with that. Um, that's why we built The Modern Eater yeah. is to um, take the, the men and women. And in rural Colorado, we love to do that as we embark on our road trip 2021 Still need a catchy tagline for it. <laughs> Still hanging. I mean, I, um, g- keep keep on pushing. I mean, I don't know what it. We'll figure yeah. out a tagline, but papers for three weeks of the highways, the byways, the dirt roads. Um, any place that we can find a great story in rural Colorado, um, they love us. <laughs> they love to because nobody's telling their story. Nobody's connecting with the food. And that's one thing that's important for us and telling that story as you're utilizing your social media, as we can piggyback onto ours and we can piggyback onto yours. Don't leave yourself out on an island telling your story. Get in it. Well, building building your menu, building your tortillas, building anything, Mm -hmm. and choosing those right ingredients that have a story. And then, you know, take the time. If you're going to use Colorado Mills oil, Sure. Go down there. Yeah. Watch us. Watching will be like, it'll perk your interest. Go down there. When you, when you drive up to one of the farms and you're seeing the kids playing and you're going, by our actions, mm-hmm. we're helping feed those children. We do. We have an, we have an opportunity if we choose to be very impactful yeah. to those around us. And the state of Colorado has amazing agriculture. Just what I saw yesterday in Pueblo, it's amazing what's going on down there. Mm -hmm. But this is, you know, we wanted to build a vehicle here Mm -hmm. to tell the story of the people whose stories haven't been told. Mm. And to be able to tell it in a compelling way 
they can come here yeah. or we can have them tell and, it from their farm. And teach how to network or connect. I mean, we'll take an example of the Spice Guy. The Spice Guy will come and he'll network and he'll, he's, he's intricately involved with what we do. He may meet a brewer that would like to have some of his spices for some beers, Tommy Knocker. He, <laughs> the, he, he may see another chef that will pick him up in the restaurant. So what does this do? What does this do for you? Uh, what this can do for you is, t- is teach you that valuable lesson of as you're building your brand and you're thinking about cutting a corner here or b- getting your bags in China, mm-hmm. right? You're not, you're not going to be as apt to use the marketing of those other folks that want to support you just as much as you're supporting them. So if you do go visit a Colorado Mills, take a little video, put it on your business page website, they're going to share it. You're going to be into their marketing sphere. Yeah. So the more and more that these brands come together for networking is the more and more that you become more of a powerful juggernaut of a brand. Absolutely. That's the power of networking. You, if <laughs> Rich, you crack me up. <laughs> when, I, when, I see, when I see your email, your sign-off signature is probably longer than most emails you write. <laughs> yeah. Am, am yeah. I wrong about yeah. that? Yeah. So what you're showing there is you're showing your allegiances, your alliances, the folks that lean on you, the folks that you lean on. Show, be, being proud and bolsterous about these are the what, – what to, to serve on every – freaking board in the state rich <laughs> hospitality the service industry the cra the crf you the the list goes on why is it important to participate so often with so many people you know that's a great question um i have become a great conduit for people that they're like you know God, how do i get into more hotels Call I, got a, rich. I got a great product that more hoteliers should know about yeah. Well, they see that, oh, wait, Richie's yeah. on the board of the yeah. Colorado Hotel Lodging Association. He's a member of the Metro Denver Lodging Council. Well, I bet I'll ask him. And I've done that. Or I want a job in this part or that part. It's like, it's, it, it's, I've become like a conduit. Mm-hmm. Kind of like those old operators from a long time ago where they'd put the phone in the, in the yeah. plugs and stuff. But and make no mistake, Rogalitas didn't suffer from that. Of oh, being so well connected, oh, no, right? No. I mean, that, that's helpful for your brand as well to Absolutely. be that connected. Absolutely. Well, you know, part of our, our thing way back then is we wanted our business to matter. We wanted it to truly matter to make more of an impact than, oh, well, I've got all this shelf space at this place or I'm selling truckloads of that. I mean, there's a lot of companies that I consider bandits. Mm-hmm. They come in from out of state, they stel- sell stuff cheap, shake they you take down. their money, and they run. Turn they you upside away. down, they, they go away. shake the cash so, out of your pockets. So they, they saved you 25 cents a box, but did they make your whole, your, where you live, did they make it any yeah. better? Did they, did they contribute make, to your ecosystem? Did they make the industry better? Did yeah. they help encourage somebody? Did they get people to come back in the hospitality pool? Any of that. They're bandits. And that's one thing we're not. We're not. We want to make it better for, for everyone. And whether, even if it's a competitor, uh, we don't want to make all, we don't want to be the only tortilla guys in Denver. We can't be. There are people that want different types of products. But that's, it's learning this ecosystem that a competitor, that's one thing that we preach here. A competitor does not mean it's an enemy. Mm-mm. You know, not at all. And so, uh, no, we've got an amazing, um, amazing ecosystem. Jay Parker. I just wanted to throw into that, too, the, 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 to remind people, too, when Little Rich says, hey, listen, those guys are bandits and all this stuff, there's always going to be both sides, 
right? You're always going to have the, the little rich Schneiders of the world that run their business the right way and grassroots and I keep everything. So, and you're always going to have people that don't do it that way. They want to cut those corners. They want to get everything from China and, and do it like that. And I, ju- I just think it's important as somebody that's starting a business, whatever it is, is to be aware that both of those sides exist. And in the near future anyway, nobody's going anywhere. They're both going to be there. Absolutely. So you have to just kind of decide on what side of the fence you want to be on when it comes to that. If you don't care, then you don't care. And be honest and transparent about it. Be like, I don't care. Everything I get comes from China, and there we go. Yeah. So, so I guess that made the, the major point out of all of that is, is that folks around you can also be um, ambassadors for your company, a part of your company. Who you're choosing to align yourself with is very important. You don't want to swing, and you don't want to miss at that. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to back yourself into that island of being alone or that renegade or that pirate or just somebody who you just like, that's a wild card. I don't know how to quite handle yeah. that, right? So it kind of filters itself out. Mm-hmm. And, and truly, that's what we want to do to help you is how, how do you want to position your brand? How do you want to market it? How do you want to network the modern eater? We're a great uh, tool to be able to utilize to do that. So, I mean, yeah. uh, reach out to us, which brings us full circle of reaching out. And you talked about earlier in your, in, in your conversation with the ProStart students, go down and see you at Rockalitas. Go down and, 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 and catch it. Go, go do, take, take little Rich up on it. Like, <laughs> what, what's your email address? It's rs. R-S, R-S at rockalitas.com. RS at rockalitas.com. E- email Rich. He'll show you these things. Um, he's done so much for my personal growth. So as we go and we continue on this journey, and that's really what it is, is it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And as we continue on this journey, as we go into our road trip for the modern eater, and you see the farms, the ranches, the breweries, the distilleries, the, the vineyards that we visit, and we collect all of these goodies and we bring them back for the summer dinner series, uh, that's your opportunity to connect. And we're getting ready and we're gearing up for it and we're trying to make it easier than ever. And I know that you want to be a part of that experience. You don't want to just see it on a Zoom call. You don't want to just see it on the Modern Eater Network stream. You want to be a part of it. And uh, I can tell you that road trip was something that was was just us, myself and Jay and Brian. We'd hit that road, but we have two stops along the way where you're going to be able to join us for some learning and some lodging and some, uh, some eats and some drinks. And we're creating these experiences for you. So mark the 4th of July weekend off, okay? Um, there's gonna be a few of you that can join us in Victor, Colorado. I'll have more information for you in this next week and then uh, be ready for it, but we're gonna announce the uh, Summer Dinner Series lineup here shortly. What is the Summer Dinner Series? If you don't know, it's, um, it's a dinner series in the summer. <laughs> wow. Isn't that crazy? Amazing marketing. Amazing branding with that. <laughs> and, and some of the best chefs here in Colorado, and I can tell you this year, um, there's a lot of unrecognized chefs that are just right there. And mm-hmm. we want to push them over the top. And if you're a chef and, and, or, or you're just, you want to volunteer for this, you know, reach out. Reach out to me personally. My email address is greg at themoderneater.com. Greg at themoderneater.com, Jay at themoderneater.com. Again, uh, some new additions coming into the Modern Eater team. Um, but, but there's a lot going on right now, and we want you to be a part of it. I hope you enjoyed today's programming because Little 
Rich talking. Again, if you missed any of it, rewind it back. There's a lot of gems in there, Rich. And, and what that did? Go get coffee. Go get coffee. <laughs> it, th- that conversation, that 50-minute conversation sparked another, I don't know, 50 minutes in me to talk to you about that. And I encourage you to, if you're inspired by any of this, you want to learn more, you want to get your brand to where Little Rich's brand is and Rockalitas, uh, reach out to all of us. That's what this community is all about. For a Friday and Jay Parker, got to thank Jay. He's awesome. The Rock. Thank you. And the thank rock. you. And thank you. Uh, thank we're you. doing a lot of work, and, and you guys too. Uh, time to get back to work. You talked about that. If you believe in something, you want it enough, it's going to be more than 40, 50 hours a week. And your <laughs> life should be off balance. But you know what? That's good. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my day any other way. Love you too, my brother. And you know what? I know. Well, we both love that guy. Yeah. But we love everyone out there that's, that's watching this show. So truly. True. Yeah. Truly. Uh, so for Jay Parker and Little Rich Schneider and Brian Freeman and uh, everybody that's involved with The Modern Eater, uh, you have a great Friday, a safe weekend. Enjoy the weather. We'll see you back here on Monday at 2 p.m. Always keep in mind, go to themoderneater.com for the latest and greatest. And if you have an opportunity, check out our YouTube channel. We're trying to build that baby up. Okay. Thanks. Enjoy your Friday. Stay safe. We'll see you back here Monday as the Modern Eater continues. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms, and I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater show. Hey, Zach Ryder here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. <laughs> First, we partner with the best farmers in the world, and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, Keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful. Also, that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trobo with The Annex by Ardent Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here. We're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries, uh, or pearl barley. Those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. 
Hey, you guys, Jay here with the Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram. And thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now. Very proud to be part of the, the Modern Eater. And uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators, you know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carry out is bigger than ever, and we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carry out items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene or EPP, a uh, nice insulated container. Uh, the Procard Ultra is really versatile. It's a great unit because you can actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120. There's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out, and there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here in our facility in Park Hill soon and uh, stay safe out there. You know everybody with several million dollars of hard assets here insurance is very very important to us. Ewing Levitt covers it all. Machinery, building, workman's comp. Ewing Levitt's got us covered from the floor to the ceiling. From our alley even to the street. This divider, this press, my cooling conveyor, my oven. Ow, ow. Ewing Levitt covers our counter stacker and our employees too. If you need insurance, take it from Little Rich at Rockalitas. Call Ewing Levitt, they'll get you covered. Hey, this is Keegan from D-Bar in Denver. You guys might find it difficult to stay in touch and stay up to date with the ever-changing culinary scene in Colorado. It's almost impossible. Just tune in to Modern Eater. These guys have their fingers on the pulse of what's happening in all of the food and beverage in all of Colorado. They're behind us. They understand the idea of shopping local and shopping small. To support them, you support us.